abandoned. After an assassination attempt by his forsaken apprentice, Asajj Ventress, Count Dooku launches a brutal counterattack against the Night Sisters, massacring the entire clan. Forced into exile, Ventress wanders far into the Outer Rim among the castaways and vagabonds of the galaxy, seeking her new life that was foretold by Mother Talzin. Once again, Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar, welcome to the 152nd Going Off the Rails on a Crazy Train episode of Mandovision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. How is everyone doing? Welcome back to another Star Wars The Clone Wars rewatch episode of the show. And we are closing the gap. Third to the last episode of Season 4, which has just been dynamite entertainment, spectacular Star Warsing, and so much... Awesome Jediing going on in the in this in this season. I've really had a blast going back through these episodes. Uh, this one, no no exception to that. You know, we we continue following Asajj Ventress. Uh, our our, I guess I guess we can't even call her the, the unofficial. It's got to be official. The official biographer of Asajj Ventress, Katie Lucas, writes the script for this episode again, and we're basically picking up the pieces of Ventress after the massacre on Dathomir. Uh, really, really good stuff, and it's a bounty hunting episode, so you know this podcast is interested in that, and uh, yeah, it's going to hit all the marks. So let's just go ahead and, and dive into it. We're, we're doing this week, it's season four, episode 20, Bounty. Original air date, March 2nd, 2012. Our plot this week, Asajj Ventress joins a group of bounty hunters led by Boba Fett. Their mission, to deliver a box with unknown cargo the leader of the planet Quarzite. Indeed. Like I said, it's direct. It's, it's ooh, ooh, written by Katie Lucas, directed by Kyle Dunleavy, who's been doing a bang-up job this season, as everyone has. Our voice cast, as always, the excellent Nika Futterman as Asajj Ventress, Daniel Logan's back as Boba Fett, D. Bradley Baker as Bosk and the Cage Warriors, Tom Kane is our narrator, and Major Ragoso and Okid. Ben Diskin is Chrismo Sodi, 
Claire Grant is Lats Razi. Simon Pegg as Dengar. That's correct, people. You heard me right. Simon Pegg as a young, more suave Dengar than what we've ever seen before. Meredith Salinger is Pluma Sodi. Matthew Seinrich is the bartender. David Accord is High Singer. Dave Filoni as Embo. And a very small Embo cameo in this episode. Uh, I think one of the things that's, that's really of interest in this episode is the the, the debut of C-21 Heisinger, a, a bounty hunting droid that was going to be part of the Star Wars live action show that, that George Lucas was trying to develop, you know, back in the late, uh, early, tw- no, excuse me, the late aughts, <laughs> early 2010s. And, you know, it never came to fruition for budgetary reasons. But this, this droid Heisinger was going to be on that Star Wars Underworld show, the one that Lucas wanted to put together. So they were going to insert him into the Clone Wars as something like, oh, here's here's this character, uh, this this battle droid, or this, not battle droid, this uh, bounty hunting droid, C twenty one High Singer, who will be a character on the Underworld show, and you'd have that connection there between the Clone Wars and and when that show would take place, and obviously that show didn't come to fruition, uh, but but as you know, I am a big advocate for uh, bringing something of its ilk back to light now that now that Disney Plus is a thing now that the volume is a thing and Star Wars on TV is is a thing I think it's time to reevaluate the Star Wars Underworld show you know I've I've been talking about my take on it for years now on this podcast and uh why not why not maybe reimagine it recontextualize it a little bit it doesn't have to be about maybe what Lucas was trying to do initially but because you know, you know, my idea has always been about like Boba Fett and Han Solo and Lando and Chewie and, and everybody prior to their time in A New Hope. Um, but will we get that? I don't know. I'd like to think so. I'd like to hope so. But at this point, it's is it's all just me making wishful thinking. But maybe, maybe one day, we will get some sort of version of Star Wars Underworld. And wouldn't it be nice? Again, let's just sort of. Let's just put this out there. I I, I want to say it. I'm not the only person who's saying it. But wouldn't it be nice if, if Disney said, "Hey George Lucas, why don't you come and do a Star Wars Disney Plus show for us? You 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 run the show. You run the whole thing. You do it your way, and it could be whatever story he wants to tell. I mean, Lucas is fascinated by such. Um, he, he's interested in a lot of different aspects of of the Star Wars universe. Like if he wants to do like a droid show, I think it'd be awesome. Let him do it. If he wants to go back and do this Underworlds thing, let him do it. What better person than the guy who created half these characters, for goodness sakes? Maybe we'll get that at Celebration. Maybe they will announce the return of the creator. Wouldn't that be fun? Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Maybe wishful thinking on my part. I'm sure it probably is wishful thinking on my part. But, <laughs> but again, that C21 uh, character in this one, the uh, High Singer, really got me thinking about that again. Uh, you know, wouldn't it be fun if, if they let George Lucas come back and play on a Disney Plus Star Wars show? You know, for for better or worse, the Skywalker saga was concluded without George Lucas's input. Um, but why not let him get to do something? Star Wars, I think it'd be great. I think it'd get all kinds of great attention on it. And it'd be a lot of fun to see the creator bring something unique back to Star Wars again. And, and I don't know. Again, wishful thinking. But let's go ahead, get into this episode. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about it. There's a lot going on in here. It's 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 not necessarily a bottle episode in, 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 because it, it does connect back with our Massacre episode previously. But this is very much an episode designed to have Asajj start to sort of figure out 
who she's going to be now that she can't be a Night Sister, kind of figure out her role in the galaxy. Uh, we didn't talk about it before, but the Jedi Fortune Cookie ties very much into that. It's uh, the Jedi Fortune Cookie for this episode. Who we are never changes. Who we think we are does. And it's all about Asajj figuring out who she's going to be. I mean, she is who she is, but what's the role? Like, what does she fit into? She's thought she was a Sith assassin, a, a Sith apprentice, uh, a Night Sister. Now she has to change her perception of who she is once again. And, I, 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 you know, we're not done with Asajj by anybody in any stretch of the imagination, but if you really want to know the, fi- the final arc of this character's journey, I, I recommend it once again. Go check out the Christy Golden book, uh, Dark Disciple. Great story about Asajj Ventress. Quinlan Voss, Obi-Wan's in it, Jedi, Sith. It's just so much fun. Really, really good stuff. And, and um, puts a nice little bow on Ventress's journey. But we're not there yet. Let's see where let's let's see what Ventures gets up to in this episode. And um, yeah, we start. Well, hold on, <laughs> hold on a second. Getting a little ahead of myself. You know what time it is. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Another. Hey there. What's a pretty bald babe like you doing in a desert like this? Get lost. Hey, I'm talking to you, lady. I'm not much of a talker. So we find ourselves the opening of this episode in very familiar territory as Asajj Ventress makes her way to a cantina familiar to many Star Wars fans on the planet of Tatooine. And as we've seen before, lightsaber conflicts are known to happen in this bar as Asajj gets into one in this instance as well, killing this bounty hunter who uh, was was being flirtatious, if you will. Uh, his name is Okid. Not a lot of knowing about this guy other than he did. <laughs> Nothing about his species or anything like that. And uh, his biography ends basically right here, right there. But we see what kind of mood Ventress is in. She's just pounding drinks, wants to be left alone, mourn the loss of her of the Night Sisters, and and again trying to figure out where she's going to fit into the galaxy now that she's lost another identity, basically, or or what she connects her identity to. Um, and inadvertently, she has. Well, let's just let our 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 friends explain the situation that Ventress now finds herself in for killing Okid. What do you want? I'm Bosk, and this is Lotsrazi. We are bounty hunters, and... We have a problem. Hmm, what kind of problem? You just killed one of our team. Sorry about that. So, where did you get the lightsabers? Stole them. Bounty hunter, then? No. Ever considered it? You certainly have the right... disposition. Never thought about it. Does it pay well? Very well. We have a job to do, and you owe us a man. Join our merry band of bounty hunters. Or we turn you over to the authorities. 
What do I have to do? So there you have it, Bosk and Lazarazi recruiting Asajj Ventress to join, as, as Bosk says, their merry band of bounty hunters. And uh, yeah, I, the most talking I think we've seen from Bosk yet, but I really love the way he uh, composes himself in that conversation. I like that he asks about the lightsabers. I like that he likes that she says that she stole them. Uh, Lazarazi is a new character that we're getting familiar with. She's described as beautiful and deadly. She's a, a Thelan bounty hunter who operated during the Clone Wars. How about that? Uh, also says, use the high style and first class comforts. And that's kind of what she alludes to here, holding up that fancy drink she's got. And uh, we're going to see her later with these, um, I guess like it's like a scaled boa sort of design that she uses as a weapon, right? She's good with blasters and all these other things, but the, the scaled boa that she uses is sort of like, like a whip. Or a, or a lariat, uh, very effectively used in this episode. Uh, interesting character. Uh, again, I don't know too much about her background other than a, a Thelan. Uh, but yeah, teamed up with Bosk at this point in the episode. And we're going to meet the rest of this little merry band that now includes Asaz Ventress in just a minute. All right, let's also check out the debut of Dengar. Hi, Bosk. Who's your girlfriend? Shut up, Dengar. <laughs> that just makes me laugh so much. I dig it so, so dearly. And again, knowing Simon Pegg is doing the voice of Dengar, something about that fills me with a lot of joy as well. But here we are. We're about to meet the boss, the one who's calling the shots. And remember the last time we saw Boa, he was still in, in prison on, on Coruscant at the, central deep, at the central prison there. And I guess we have to ask ourselves if this is one of those episodes that's a little bit out of... Uh, count, continuity a little, uh, you know, earlier in the timeline. Of, are, we, are we seeing something different? I don't think so. I think Boba's made his way out at this point. He's broken out. As bounty hunters and criminals are known to do, they escape and they get back out into the universe and do their thing. And I just double-checked the official Star Wars timeline available on the website. And yes, indeed, this episode does take place after uh, the Racco Hardeen four-parter. Uh, so yeah, at some point, Boba has escaped back on his own. Now he's got a gang. And we know we know Bosk is loyal to Boba. We saw that in, in while well, they were in prison together. So they're on their own. They're plotting. They're scheming. They're getting jobs. They're doing work. And let's kind of meet Boba Fett again. Hey, boss. Boss, this is your boss. You got a problem with that? My name's Boba. And this is Heising. I see you've already met Bosk and Lance. What's your name? I don't have a name. So it's gonna be like that, huh? Look, kid. I don't take orders very well. Especially from someone of your stature and obvious lack of experience. She killed Oked. So she agreed to fill in for him on this particular job. Or, like I said, we can always find another way to settle your debt. That won't be necessary. I'm a little short of work right now anyway. She's a little rough around the edges, but we need six hunters. Without her, we got no job. Fine. Let's get going. All right. So, in case you couldn't tell, Boba, Ventress, they're not off to a good start. 
So Bosk and Lats have to come in there and kind of assert some leverage over her, remind her that, hey, by the way, we could just call the authorities. We could just have you arrested for killing that dude. Uh, but again, they, they sort of like to cut a Ventress's jib, if you will. So why not make her part of the gang, let her do her thing? She looks like she's going to be resourceful, handy, get the work done. But yeah, like uh, not, not a fan of the FET, if you will. And that relationship in this particular episode um, doesn't get better with time. <laughs> That's sort of like the central thing, right? In this episode, she's basically in confrontation with Boba Fett the entire time. Uh, Boba Fett's still sort of figuring out who he is in the galaxy at this point, which, which I think is what the the really interesting uh, uh, dynamic is in this one. You know, Boba thinks he knows who he is too at this point, uh, but he's not there yet. And, and as we're going to see in this episode, Boba Fett's very much a guy like, hey, we do the job, we get, we, we get paid to do the job, and that's what we're going to do. We don't ask questions, we don't look for details. You know, that's inconsequential. It's all about the, it's all about that cash money, you know, that hard currency, getting paid. They want the paper, all that stuff. And that's what he's into. Uh, Ventress, on the other hand, doesn't know who she is anymore, is uncertain of her role, her place, and everything, and is questioning a lot of things. So as this job pans out, she begins to ask questions that, that, that make her reevaluate this, this, this job, this assignment, and, and, and uh, make a more moral decision here. And it's not about the pipe, the money for her getting paid, all that stuff. It's about making the right decision, sort of. Don't hold me to that, all right? There's a little bit more to it than that, as, as we'll see as the episode plays out. Because the, the why she takes this person's side later in the episode has a lot to do with her. Uh, and, and, and sort of the reflections she sees in this other person. So again, we'll talk about that as we, as we get to that point of it. But uh, like I said, I sort of like the yin and yang aspect of, of Ventress and Boba and going back to our fortune cookie, tying it all in together about, you know, they are who they are, but who they think they are are, are different things. And that, that applies equally to Boba Fett and to Asajj Ventress in this episode because uh, Boba's going to learn. Boba has to learn a little bit. He's, he's got some growing up to do. He's got he's to realize that he is... Still a kid, even though Bosk got his back. Bosk doesn't seem to see, you know, I guess age is just a number to Bosk. Um, but he's going to get taken advantage of, and, and some people are going to hold his age against him, even though he thinks he's this authority figure, and he's, he's clearly not yet, not at this point. And then, you know, again, just to sort of put a little bit more emphasis on recontextualizing the, the, the story, think about what we just saw in the book of Boba Fett and how, where, where Boba is and in that story to how he is at this point, you know, much more questioning of things, much more honor bound and, and, you know, has a little bit more moral integrity, a, a higher moral fiber in him by that point. Not so much in this one. Again, it's all about the job, getting, getting respect, getting paid and, and uh, be damned with, with whatever the job actually is, the, the rightness, the wrongness of it all. So yeah, take that for, extrapolate that for his growth and, and, it, again, Boba's journey, if you think it's just the movies, it's not. There's so much more to Boba Fett's arc than, than I think some people uh, pay attention to. Because, again, too many people out there dismiss the cartoons as nonsense. And they're missing out on so much character stuff. It's, it's really annoying to me. And you should tell your friends to stop it and watch the cartoons. Watch the Clone Wars. Watch Rebels and get into it. So it's time to go to the, go to the job. They're going to the planet Corzite. 
And I'm not going to play any of the audio from this because it's more of a visual uh, section of the of the show. But I really dig this part of it. A, we're arriving in Bosk's ship, so we're seeing the Hound's Tooth once again, which is really, really cool. I, I've always liked Bosk and, and his ship. And to see it in the show is, is really, really great. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I think I think this might be the first time we're seeing a high-orbit elevator in Star Wars play. I mean, this is something um, that is theoretically feasible in real life, uh, but it's been a part of, of science fiction books for, for a long, long time now. Uh, but I think this is the first time we're getting to see it used in Star Wars. And, and, and uh, basically, like, your ship will dock with it in orbit of the planet, and then you just ride it like an elevator down to the planet's surface. Or in the Corsite's case... You're right below the surface because the atmospheric pressure uh, makes it so that you don't want to be on the surface of the planet. So, so a lot of this planet's interactions take place below the surface of, of the world. And we'll get a little bit more detail on what the job is in here in just a minute. Welcome, welcome. I am Major Regoso. We are thrilled to have you here. Please allow me the pleasure of explaining the mission. These elevators will take us beneath the surface of the planet below. Waiting there is a subtram, which is carrying very precious cargo. Your mission is to protect the tram as it makes its way to the final destination. And what is this precious cargo? That's none of your concern. Just make sure it gets where it's going. And where exactly is it going? To my lord, or to a blank. He rules over this planet with an iron fist. If you fail to protect his cargo, losing your bounty will be the least of your concerns. This way, please. There you have it. There's the mission. There's the details. And I like this early look for Dengar. You know, he still has, like, the the wrap of his, his people around him. But it's, like, less of, like, that bandaged look, like that heavily scarred look. You know, Dengar hasn't had that accident yet that, that sort of made him look the way he looks in Empire Strikes Back when we see him for the, the, the quote-unquote the first time. Uh, and again, I'm not exactly sure what in Dengar's backstory is still canon and what isn't. I know in the old Legends continuity, he was a, a, a racer uh, and, and got into a bad accident, which is why he was all bandaged up. But also, there's also another story about how and why he all got bandaged up and everything like that. So uh, Dengar's a, a character we're going to do a little, like a little profile episode on at some point down the road. So I don't want to go down here too much, but I like this look of the early, younger Dengar. Um, and again, I promise you, we will get... There, there's going to be a, a Dengar spotlight, just like there's going to be a Bosk spotlight. We're going to get into the, all the, the main bounty hunters, that we the our first taste of them from Empire Strikes Back, that group. They're all getting spotlight shows down the road. So stay tuned for that. We're not going to deep dive on Dengar right now, but just so stoked he's in this episode. And that it's Simon Pegg. Good, good stuff. So I do, I'm going to go ahead and play the official explanation of why they can't. They have to take these elevators, and they can't take their ships down to the to the surface. They explain it better than I did. Why do we have to travel by subtram? Wouldn't it be easy just to land at our destination? You'd think so. The atmosphere of our planet is completely pressurized, leaving all aerial travel impossible. If we attempted to land on the planet's surface, our ship would immediately implode. Subtram it is, then. And so, again, we have this mystery box, but why hire six bounty hunters? Uh, and, you know, not inexpensive bounty hunters. Boba asked the question for us. So, why hire six expensive bounty hunters to move cargo? 
there's a group of marauders that would like nothing more than to hijack my master's cargo. So far, my men have been ineffective against them. There you have it. Ineffectiveness. That's why you get out, pay the big bucks to the bounty hunters. All right, so they grab the box. They don't ask the questions. They get on board. It got to get paid, right? We, all, we meet those marauders real quickly. They're waiting for that train to pull out of the station. And then, yeah, it's, it's, we, get, we get under siege too. Because <laughs> that's the one on the train, uh, and that's that's yeah, it, not a un, uh, un <laughs> It is an unfavorable comparison. I can't lie. Uh, Under Siege Two is not good, um, but but it's like it's 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 a, it's a train robbery at this point, right? We got the the bounty hunters hold up on this train, rocketing from one end of the planet to the other, and these marauders that are attempting to rob said train and take said cargo, uh, except. It's, we're going to find out the marauders are, in the, uh, are the good guys and the bounty hunters are, are not so much the good guys in this episode. Uh, let's go ahead and check in as the bounty hunters are getting themselves prepared. Okay, Boba. The cargo is secure. Max, you and Heisinger stay there. I'll be in the engine room with Boss. I sent the new girl to Denga to the back. <laughs> Hello, darling. Looks like we're secure in the back platform together. Wonderful. Yeah, totally charmed by Dengar. So from this point in the episode, it's it's action-backed. It, it, it's, it's all action from this point as the marauders are boarding the train. They're engaging in, in hand-to-hand combat with the bounty hunters. You got Ventress and Dengar in the back. Bosk, Boba in the engine room. High Singer. And lats at the and with the, with the cargo right with the box, uh, and and you're just going back and forth between these these three groups of characters uh, engaged in all kinds of great fun. We get to see Dengar blow some people up. That's exciting. Uh, Bosk throwing guys out windows, uh, uh, and and Highsinger C21 Highsinger doing a move that we get to see brought to life uh, in season in, in season one of the Mandalorian when uh, when our good friend IG11 does some spinny spin moves. <laughs> and and blows away a bunch of people, you know. It's so funny because you know we seen that with the, with the IG droid in Mandalorian was awesome, and I had totally forgotten that they do something very similar with C twenty one in this episode as well. So it's like, oh yeah, kind of had seen this before, but obviously uh, seeing it in more of a live action setting is uh, maybe a tad more impressive. I don't know, but C twenty one High Singer doing a nice job in this episode would have been a fun character to see more of if that underworld show had come to life, but. Again, I can't undersell the action in this episode. It's all based on the train. Again, Ventress in the back on top of the train. The other one, the other characters inside getting into it with everybody. Uh, really just just off the charts fun. It's, it's a really great sequence. And it's a long sequence too. I mean, this is a really sustained fight. So you get to see every character kind of do their thing and, and specialize in, in different ways. But these marauders are doing quite well against our bounty hunters. Dengar, the first guy, knocked off the train. You know, taken out of the equation right away, and Bosk follows right behind. Uh, the The local guards that are, are being quickly dispatched at the same time. Uh, Ragoso, who we met earlier when they when he welcomed them, he gets killed. Um, so things aren't going well for the locals, and the, the hired help aren't aren't doing well either. Again, we're down to Ventress and Boba, Lats and 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 Highsinger. Um and they're not. Again, Dengar and Bosk will not be the only ones to fall off this train by the end of this episode. Uh, but it, it was sort of interesting how 
and again, I wonder if it's the story sort of dictated it this way. You had to remove Bosk and Dengar from this equation because uh, some of the characters' fates were going to be a little muddied. <laughs> and they didn't want to go back and explain anything. So like, oh, we'll put Bosk and Dengar in a situation where they just get knocked out you know, fairly early in the episode so we don't have to deal with... Um, Again, I I don't know if that's the answer because there's a lot of wiggle room between when we see them in Empire to how we get how they get there. So you you can make a lot of stories, but I guess you didn't want to make sure they get you know use as cannon fodder at some point either. So in the, in the next part of this this big action sequence, we get to spend more time with the leader of the Marauders, uh, who we'll get to know is is Chrismo Sodi. Uh, he's squaring off against Lats and High Singer, and does a great job against them both. But we get to see. Each of the all these characters have a really really great moments as as we're watching uh, Lats with with those scaled boas, High Singer with his blasters, which he does unfortunately lose. But they both get knocked off as as again we're we're sort of showing Crismo uh, as as a very capable threat uh, to to the to the Corzites here as as they're you know going to get their ship or the, the I'm sorry this container. Uh, potentially stolen away from them again, but here's the here's the sequence I was talking about with between Krismoto and and Rossimo, the the not Ross, I don't know, the, the the guy. I just said his name a minute ago. Check it out. Ew. I want what's mine. <laughs> Over my dead body. Yeah, that didn't take long, did it? <laughs> oh, and now he's very very dead. So now Boba Fett is going to enter the fray, get into the, some fisticuffs with Chrismo Sodi. The container that they are protecting will get tipped over, and what will come out? But a young girl. What? Don't worry, I'll protect you. Uh, hey! Luma, are you okay? Brother, you came for me. Of course I did. All right, Pluma, Charisma, we find out, brother and sister, and we're going to we'll find out why she's in that box in just a minute. But it's sort of interesting how Boba is like, "Oh, I'll protect you even though they decided to keep you in this box." Then <laughs> maybe that's your home. I it it's it, trying to be the noble protector, right? Uh, but I don't think he quite grasps what's going on just yet at, at this point and everything. Uh, it should be mentioned also that, that Chrismo's, uh look, if you will, parts of his look. I wouldn't say the whole thing. I wouldn't, you know, obviously the skin tone and maybe the design, the little etching he has on his forehead, not so much. But by and large, is like the, the bigger visual style of, of Chrismo, uh based off of early unused Obi-Wan Kenobi concept art for episode one uh you know like i said take take it for take it with a little grain of salt probably mostly with the the hairstyle and things like that when they were trying to decide what a jedi padawan would look like and, and things like that this is a little bit inspired by that so let's let's figure out what's going on between pluma and chrismo and 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 let's get everyone up to speed here but actually before we get to that uh ventures arrives on the scene she gets into it with with chrismo it does not go well for Chrismo in this. Uh, he is no match for a force wielder, uh, and he is uh, dispatched fairly easily. Boba gets up though and wants to know what the heck is going on, as he and Boba and excuse me, as Boba Fett and Ventures are about to uh, re-engage in their conflict and natural disagree 
mints with each other. That girl's crazy. We're protecting her? Try not to be such a novice. Open your eyes. She's on their side. It doesn't matter. Tie them down, and let's finish this job. But of course, there is more to the story, and it's up to Pluma to plead to Asajj Ventress. And again, like we talked about before, and we'll talk about it on the other side once we play the line, but Ventress, Ventress will start to see something similar in this girl to her, and it, it sort of sparks something in her. Is this really necessary? None of this was my choice. I never asked to be ripped away from my home, from my family. You'll never know what it's like. I wish I didn't, but I do. You're just doing this for the money. It's just another job to you. You don't even care what's going to happen to us once it's over. Hey, rookie, I need you in the back. You're right. You are just another job that I couldn't care less about. Don't move. Oh, but Ventress, we know she's lying, right? She's feeling things. The stirrings, it's begun. We're almost to the drop-off point. Soon I'll be delivering that brat to the warlord and collecting a handsome bounty, which you will get your share of. Share of? There's only two of us left. I get half. Half? Please, you just got to the game. Boy, don't test me. I will be delivering the cargo and collecting the bounty. No one of true importance would lower themselves to trade with a mere boy. Boy, you have no idea who you're talking to. I have been in charge of this whole operation. You have no idea who you are talking to. Well, that'll put Boba <laughs> in his place. Nothing like getting force choked and lifted very highly off your feet. Uh, just Ventress is done messing around with Boba and done sort of playing into this delusion that he's calling the shots here and that, that, that she's going to just take his orders. She's got no time for it. And again, it, it's this is a Boba Fett that's learning things that... Um, will eventually develop ways to deal with Force users, right? He's not there yet. He doesn't even have his Mandalorian armor. He's 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 got something similar to sort of mask himself in a, in a similar fashion, but he's he's not the Boba Fett that we know yet. You know, he's still getting to that point. Um, and you know, unfor- you know, you you all know the story that unfortunately we don't get to that point that that big confrontation between Boba and Cad Bane that we were supposed to have in season six of the Clone Wars um, that is is referenced in the book of Boba Fett. Anyways, as, as at least have, have having happened. So I, I hope at some point they'll, they'll flesh that out and maybe do a novelization of those episodes uh, so that we can, we can get, you know, those important details about Boba Fett's sort of lost time that, that we missed out on from the cancellation of the show. Because I do think it's really important uh, for his arc overall. I mean, we know the story by and large, but let's flesh it out. Like again, we you know, Katie Lucas got to finish telling her her Asajj Venture story in Dark Disciple. Let's let's finish the Clone Wars era Boba Fett, you know, in in a similar fashion. I think that'd be uh, fantastic. But let's get to the next section of the episode. Again, 
uh, Ventress is, is is feeling things. I think she again, Ventress is gonna do Ventress, right? She's gonna figure out how to make the situation work for her. But I think it's fair to say that she's feeling something very familiar about this this young girl's situation here and, and her family's situation. So the train's pulling into the station here. There's the sub-tram, if you will. Uh, is pulling into the station, and, and Ventress is going to do what she told Bubba she's going to do. She's delivering the cargo. Uh, there's going to be more to it than that. We're going to find out lots happened since that scene ended with her and Boba and, and this point here. But we get to meet the, the corpulent ruler of the planet. He's kind of disgusting. Let's not, be a, let's, let's not beat around the bush here. But let's check it out. Welcome. Ah, finally, my bride. You know, we didn't <laughs> we didn't talk about these characters' uh, squid faces, right? It's uh, it's quite the look for these uh, for these Corzites. Uh, and and it, again, squid face is all I can really come up with, and not so much. Again, that's that was sort of like the derisive name that the Quarren had, you know, back before they actually gave them names in '83. That that was like you know the corn guy in Return of the Jedi was Squid Face, right? This guy actually has like the Squid Face. This is like the beak, the Squid Beaked Face that you see in like the horror movies, right? Like uh, if you've watched uh, Deep Rising, it's kind of like that. It's 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 in that uh, vein, if you will. And just to be specific, again, the planet they're on is is is, is Corzite, but the the, the Squid Faced people that we just talked about, they're called the Belugans. All right, they're aquatic beings that that leads to like the whole squid thing and they're engaged you know i i want i wanted to draw a comparison between uh the moncala and the quarans but their planet's entirely aquatic uh corzite is not but they're engaged in a, a a primary conflict with the other uh dominant species of the planet so these uh these cage warriors right these are the ones who are the subterranean people where the pluma's from where her brother uh chrismo is from they're engaged in a conflict with them on this planet, and that's why they're they they're sort of neutral from the Clone Wars because they're they're more focused on their internal war, uh, these Belugans versus the the Cage Warriors here. But yes, that is their name. They are not just squid-faced people. They are a species called the Belugans. And let's just go ahead and wrap up this episode as Ventress is here to deliver the box. What's in the box? We're gonna find out. Right. Ah ah ah! Bounty first. Your unmarked credits, as promised. Venture steps away. Enjoy. Goes, goes to open the box. That would be Boba Fett inside the box. So now the train heads back. Ventress with Pluma and Chrismo. You pay my price first, then you get the girl. So I'm gonna pause it right here, real quick. We didn't talk about these like centipede-like creatures that the cage warriors are riding on here, 
but they totally remind me of the bugs from Starship Troopers. I'm just saying. Think about it. But look, look at Ventures here doing like the ultimate flex, right? She's about to get paid twice. Once by the Kaiji Warriors and uh, for the return of Pluma. And then she already got the bounty from the Belugans uh, for dropping them, for kind of scamming them and dropping off Boba Fett instead. How do I know you won't take the credits and then hand us over? You don't. Run along now. Thank you. reminds me of Starship Troopers. But yeah, so look at Ventures. Doing Ventures things, right? Getting paid twice, playing the game, coming out on top of everybody else. But again, she can't help but feel something for this girl, ripped away from her family the way she Ventures was. Uh, there is there is a similarity here. And putting this girl back on her path is, is Ventures putting herself back on her path. And again, the, the path that Mother Talzin told her was out there for her. So it, it, it again... Everything's coming full circle for these characters, which is really, really awesome to see on the show. Now Ventress is heading back. She's meeting up with Dengar and Bosk and C-21 and Lats. They're all just kind of waiting at the elevators. Kind of, let's see if this job's going to pan out. Let's see what Ventress does here. You made it. I don't believe it. Here's the payments. I already subtracted my share. Boba's is in there, too. Make sure he gets it. Where is he? He'll turn up. Well, you certainly turned out to be quite the member of the team, didn't you? I'm not part of any team. You're too good for us now. Is that it? No. Once I was just like you. But I'm not that person anymore. Now, I have a future. And getting paid twice can only help that future come a little bit faster. So there you have it. That's Bounty. A a really great episode. Another one that I think just is awesome. It's it's uh it's maybe a little bit smaller on the on the bucket scale than the massacre was, but it's still eight. It's a solid eight, and I could be persuaded to go to eight five if you catch me in the right mood. Uh, the action sequences are top notch. Ventress's journey is very I find it compelling and, and fun to see. And I'm so, so glad we're getting to spend time with this character here at the end of the excellent season four that we're into. Um, and it, it, again, the way this season ramps up, the way this season builds itself, it, it's, just, it's just so well, well done. And you know what's coming next. It's what you've been waiting for. It's what I've been waiting for. But we, have to, we can't understate the importance of these episodes that lead up to it all. Um, just really great work, you know. That I, I I don't want to recap it all, but again, these last dozen episodes of this season are crazy good, and the first dozen are just as great too. It, it's a it's a really rock solid season of the show, and it might be pound for pound the best season of the show, uh, because I mean we'll get there, we'll get there. But the 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 lows. 
there's no lows in season four. Like these, these are all really great episodes of the show. Really great character work. Uh, starting to reintroduce more familiar characters at, at different points in their life. Seeing how they're going to get to be where they're going to go. You know, when we catch up to them later on in the timeline, when they, when we see them in the original trilogy timeline, seeing them in this earlier phase, sort of wondering what shaped them, what developed them here in the Clone Wars. It's awesome. It's so great. And I'm so, so happy you all are here for the ride because, like I said, the next two, we're going to get bananas crazy for those two because there's just so much meat on that bone to chew on. And it's, oof. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little, little uh, salivation happening in the corner of my mouth because I'm so excited for what's coming. Oh, oh, but this is a great episode. And again, do not discount these. When you watch season four, don't just skip to the last two because you know what's, who's going to be there. No, no, no. You got to earn it. You got you to gotta watch these awesome episodes. I mean, like, yeah, man, they really, they really earned it. They really, you know, the as as an inv- as a, as a viewer of the show week to you know weekly, back when this was on in in 2012 2011, um, we all knew what was coming at the end of the show. Like they they hyped it up like crazy. I think at Comic Con they even announced who was returning in in this season, and and you know they didn't say when, they didn't say where, but we were all watching sort of like with with bated breath, and and I I can barely just distinctly remember like knowing that he was coming. Uh, not sure what they were going to do. Not sure if I was I was going to be prepared for it. And we'll talk about that in, in the future episodes. But I also remember at a certain point being like, oh, these are just really great Star Wars shows, Star Wars episodes. Uh, and I'm having a blast with this, it, whether he shows up or not in these ones. So that's sort of like the really nice part about going back to this is like, again, I know, I, knowing the end point, but seeing how they get there. It's, it's really fun to reexamine the journey. And and this is a, a well-thought-out season of the show. And they earn everything, especially what they're going to give us in the last two. They earned it by giving us what they gave us before. And we earned it as viewers by, by again, watching that escalation as the stakes build and build and build in all these shows. So, so great. All right, let's start to wrap the show up. Thank you for being here. Again, just a reminder, eight buckets easy for this episode. But I could be persuaded for eight and a half. Remember to follow us on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If you'd like to help support the show in a different way, you have the time and the inclination, please remember that sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews are an insanely helpful way to spread the word about what we're doing here on the podcast and, and join, swell the ranks with other Bucketheads. We'd love to have more. We'd love it so so much if you want to help support the show financially which you don't have to do it is a free show it will always be a free show but if if you have some shekels laying around and you want to share the wealth share some credits by all means i truly truly appreciate it you can head over to patreon.com forward slash man division you can join the man division maniacs and you'll gain access to some sweet 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 bonus content and uh hopefully it's bonus content that you're enjoying <laughs> that's all i can ask and there'll be another fresh one coming up here pretty pretty soon so get excited for that and you get to hang out with super cool people like the aspen hill chody the batman of bayho jeff nail jeff co-hosts throwing in a great music podcast please check them out 
Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squidmaster General. Oh, he must have liked this episode. Mr. Brian Broussard. The New Jersey Devil Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company here in San Diego and Baltimore, Maryland. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. The Silent Assassin, he who shall not be named. Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On, It's Still Good, a great movie podcast that I recca, recca, recommend. <laughs> yeah, you like how I did that. All right, let's get out of here. We got big things coming up. Oh, man, the next two are going to be so so great. Quick programming note before we wrap it up. It nothing's official until it's done, right? Until until I make it official. But it looks like during Kenobi, we will just focus on Kenobi. We won't have Star Wars the Clone Wars on Monday and then Kenobi Day when Kenobi comes out. We're going to take a step back, focus on Kenobi while that's coming out. Uh, and that's going to allow me the opportunity to kind of get uh, get some episodes for season five of the Clone Wars in the bank, which is something I really want to make sure we do because uh, my work schedule is not kind to my podcasting schedule. So I want to make sure I get some episodes in the bank for you all. Uh, so during during uh, Kenobi, we'll be on a bit of a break between seasons four and season five of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, but we will have Kenobi to fill the void, and then. Hopefully, not too long after that, The Bad Batch, Season 2. But by then, we should have enough episodes going, so we'll do Bad Batch and Clone Wars and alternate between the two like we did last time. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get out of here. Let's wrap this up. I will see you all later. And like I said, just do yourself a favor. Old listeners, new listeners, get ready. You're going to need the helmet on. Your bucket, you need to keep that on the entire time next week because you're going to hit your head. I'm going to be so loud and so boisterous uh, with, with my thoughts and my feelings. There will be wild gesticulations. I may have to record this for YouTube just so you can see how wild my gesticulations are um, as we get into the next two episodes. I can't wait. You're going to be so happy you're here. <laughs> I'm already happy you're here. Let's make sure we, we, we uh, get everyone happy, happy, happy. Remember, be a great Star Wars fan. Uh, talk about the good things, the, the high points. Uh, share your love of Star Wars with everybody else. And if they have a different opinion of you, than yours, that's cool too. Remember to be cool about it and and, and welcome their other opinions and, and have civil conversations about Star Wars. It's okay to disagree with each other. It really, really is. As long as we respect each other and we have the basis for mutual respect, it's Star Wars. So let's be awesome. Let's spread the word. Let's end the toxicity and fandom. And And may the force be with you. No, that's not how we end this podcast. You know how we end this podcast. We end this podcast one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.